this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Welcome to episode 10 of Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. I'm your host, Jamie. Peter is not with us this week, but I was able to sit down and talk with Dominic, who runs Alien Explorations, the blog and the Facebook page. Dominic has been writing and talking about Alien for quite a long time. He's got so much to say. He does so much investigation. I so appreciate him being able to sit down and talk with us today. So enjoy. Thank you. I've been following what you do and, you know, your not just your drawings, but everything uh, for a long, long, long time. Um, of course, uh, I think I first got wind of you um, and the Alien Explorations on the AVP Galaxy forums back during the kind of uh, fervor of Prometheus. Um, so then I, that kind of captivated yeah. me, so I did a bunch of reading and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, I guess just to kind of dive right in, I, um, I'm interested in kind of like what I said when I was texting you, uh, how it all began for you. Like, what film did you see first? What what drew you into the world of Alien? Oh, well, um, back in 1979 when the film came out, um, I remember being very interested in this and seeing the trailer on the television for it, or a clip. Okay. And... Um, I, I was too, too young to see it. I was about 10 at the time. And um, obviously, I think I would have to be 18 to see it in England. So uh, a number of years went by until I saw it. I think I was about, maybe I saw it when I was 12 years of age on television. But before then, I had the... Um, the photo novel, and over the years, I managed to get to see the. Um, well, later on, I managed to see the Giga's Alien book. Yes, yes, I own that. And well, I'm trying to think now. Um, around the time the film came out, maybe the following year, um, there was the Alien, eighteen-inch action figure by um, by the do- action. Well, figure by Kenner. Okay. I had that. So um, that was a very strange thing to have, really. And because every day I had it, it inspired me to wonder about it. And um, yes, it's, I, I suppose over the years I kept wanting to draw it, and it's a very curious thing, really. I yeah. Think. Yeah, um, I I had a similar I, I similar tale. I you're sounds like you're about ten years older than me, um, but I saw Aliens for the well. I saw a clip of Aliens, and I've gone on about this on our regular podcast before. Uh, Aliens was my first introduction into the alien world, but I saw a clip of it on the on on TV, and my dad was watching it, oh. and I wasn't old enough, so this would have been about eighty eight. They were broadcasting it on Fox, and it was the scene where Ripley was torching the egg chamber. Um, and, of course, I was too young to see it. But Aliens is the first film that I saw. But something really... I became obsessed 
in my own way with the creature and I started not drawing. I started kind of making little figures and eventually I got to a point where I was constructing full scale. I mean, not full scale, but like, you know, I would say 15 inch tall creatures of the alien. I actually even sold a couple too when I was about 16, uh-huh. but yeah. Uh, so, uh, what, what, as you grew, as you grew up, um, how did it kind of change into like, was there something specific about maybe alien that, or what that kind of drew you in or was it just everything? Well, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, first of all, Oh no. Um, what drew me further into it, I became very interested in surrealism, Salvador Dali's work. Okay. And I became obsessed with the artwork of Giga. And both over the years, I, I suddenly realized I was uh, being inspired by Giga's drawing in my own drawing. Mm-hmm. And I probably developed um, probably about 16 or something and alien aliens came out when I was about um, so what, what year did aliens come out aliens came out in 86 I believe okay so I would have been about 17 then okay when aliens came out and um, I was interested in the designs for the alien hive mm-hmm. the biomechanics structure and that mm-hmm um, I probably wasn't too inspired by the creature design because I did. I was probably infuriated by the idea that it wasn't quite like Giga's original. Yeah. And um, yes, I, 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 that's all I can say about that. Is there a particular film? I mean, we're talking about Giger's design specifically, oh. and that I, I'm with you there. I think you can't go wrong. I think the further away. Um, you get from Giger's design, the less alien the alien looks. And by the time we reached uh, the Alien versus Predator films or uh, even Alien Resurrection, yeah, um, yeah. it looked like mud. It didn't even... Uh, they had a very bulky kind of broad-shouldered American man who was in the suit. It just looked... It didn't look right. Um, is there a particular film, though? Uh, it, is it that, uh, that you see as a favorite, or is it just Alien? I think it's basically Alien. Yeah. Yes, um, I suppose I like Alien 3, um, but for the confusing aspects of it, I, I'm not quite particularly interested in the monster in that. Mm-hmm. But um, what can I say about that? The, the, the fact that a lot of it doesn't make sense. At the beginning, you've got the strange eggs that seems to have come out of nowhere and this somehow Ripley gets impregnated. You have no idea how that happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then t- towards the end, we have Bishop 2. And we just can't really tell whether he's a human or an android or something in between. Yeah. And I, I just love all this confusion that's sort of built up in that film. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautifully um filmed and directed and in a way it's it's laughable and and i enjoy that um utter confusion yeah alien 3 is an interesting film um i i remember when it came out in the theaters again i couldn't see it 
I was 16. So it sounds like you're about seven years older than me. I'm 39. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, So I was 16 when Alien 3 came out, um, and it was 1992. So I couldn't see it in the theater because it was rated R, and I wasn't old enough, much like your experience. Um, But I heard a lot of negativity about it. So by the time I saw it was probably two years later. Um, Yeah, maybe about a year and a half later, uh, someone rented the video and the VHS copy, and we watched it on a hunting trip with my father. I've told the story before. Um, but I actually ended up loving Alien 3 uh, uh, in terms of my, my sequence of films that I love. loved. It was Alien and then Alien 3, and Aliens was my least favorite. Not because I don't love it a lot, but just because Alien 3 turned everything on its head, and uh, it felt the atmosphere was really wonderful, and um, there was a sense of desperation and desolation that was beautiful really really beautiful and uh there was nothing else like it aliens it was a very different film from aliens david fincher took a lot of risks with the film um he didn't let the audience stay comfortable which a lot of them wanted to which is why a lot of them didn't like it but uh, yeah i i really love the film although like you i do have some problems with it there are some very nonsensical things that happen yeah, I remember though when I first saw Alien Three, I disliked it. I I thought, why did Ripley have to die at the end? Why couldn't she live um, and go into another film? But then I suddenly read an art um, and um, a review about it, where some person compared it to Tarkovsky, the film director. I see. Um, and then I thought. Well, I, I read about Tarkovsky's work, and then I suddenly um, realized, well, maybe this film was inspired by Tarkovsky and his hallucinatory um, movies. And then, well, it, and seeing all the confusing aspects about it, I thought, yes, well, perhaps there's something to do with that, or mm-hmm. to do with that, the kind of surrealistic aspect maybe Fincher had in his mind but didn't manage to talk about it and we just don't really know really yeah when did you start um at what point did you start writing about the alien saga extens- extensively okay um gosh that was back in now where are we now is um time it's been 2015 i I think it was probably about 1999 or something that someone um, asked me to write an article for their website. And I did this um, article called Dissecting the Derelict. Oh, okay. And it's quite an achievement for me at the time. I've never written about anything, but I was in the forums uh, talking about Alien. And so they published it. And I think their website probably lasted for a year or something before um, it dis- disappeared somewhere. But the article remained. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found that some person had posted it elsewhere in a forum, and all these people were saying good things about it, which really surprised me. And so um, I kept chatting about Alien in the forums, and then suddenly I realized that I was starting to forget bits of it. And all this information I could just churn out about it, it was just 
I, I really had to put it down on on it um, in a written form somewhere. And well, uh, in the end, I'd started doing a blog, try to construct all that I, I understood about it in a, a blog form. And so that's been going for the last several several years. Yeah. And at the beginning, it was rather fragmented. I admit, yes. um, it was. I used dissecting the derelict, the article as a beginning, mm-hmm. and then expanded from that. And it just kind of grew and grew, and um, it's like a a life form in itself, the dividing and growing and dividing and growing, dividing into all these little sections and and. I look look at it now. It's just immensely huge. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great resource. I mean, you can go and find. I mean, I I consider obviously I'm a huge alien fan. I I know quite a bit, but I read your blog and well Facebook page and then your blog, and I'm like, oh my god, I I don't even know half of what I thought I knew. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the last few years, I just been. It's having strange intuitive ideas about the alien and the ideas where the alien idea has been coming from, realizing things about Giga's artwork because I could never imagine before. So my God, this is this is totally weird. Yeah, and it's sort of most built up to understanding a sort of a, a mental language, as it were, of. But interpreting, you know, um, Giga, but you could start thinking about what Giga used and uh, as a starting point for one of his paintings, and maybe you could use that as a starting point for for one of your own drawings or paintings, realizing what he did with it. Mm -hmm. And um, now I think it was. Finding out that that his painting, um, the Passage Temple entrance, um, was inspired possibly by the structure of the Fisher Price Cot Activity Center. Interesting. Um, I was just totally mind blasting when I realized something about this, and then it checked out afterwards, and I looked at it closely. The Fisher Price Activity Center came out in 1973, and he did his painting in 1975. Mm-hmm. And I can see various little things that uh, add up. You know that Giga looked at this and that and this and transformed it, and then he um, filled all the rest of his elaborations. And well, the first thought I was having, um, you know, what what what. what before I knew, I, I was sitting on the train thinking about what would be like if one of the later versions of the uh, activity center, some person had transformed into um, a platform for the, uh, the the alien spaceship in Prometheus. Uh-huh. Because I thought, well, I, I, if you could biomechanize that, and then... And then... Um, then I was thinking, well, what if you gave that to Giga to, to create into something? And then I realized, oh my gosh, he's already done one. Yeah. He's already done the first one. Yeah. 
and um, it kind of blew my head off about two days. And uh, but it's like a, a a language of design that some person takes this Fisher Price thing and turns into something and it, that starts inspiring other things. And I suddenly realised as soon as Alien Resurrection came out, the Viper's Pit that was inspired by this um, passage temple entrance thing. And then before anybody else knew anything about it, I. Um, I, I think I put this uh, sent that information into a magazine to mention it, and then Giga mentioned that he realised that the Viper's Pit was inspired by this painting when he sent a, um, his letter to 20th Century Fox, when he's getting pissed off about their uh, the fact they're using his ideas for that uh, film without giving him credit. Yeah, yeah, and they're not even, and unfortunately with. Alien Resurrection. The Viper Pit was interesting, but again, it was just mud. It wasn't the beauty of Geiger, you know. Uh, yes, yeah, but still, it was interesting that they were doing something with it. I, yes. I, I, I've, I've seen. I first when I saw the photographs of um, the thing outside in the car park, and you see all the details they've carved out for that. Then it was interesting, but mm-hmm. in the film itself, it's. Um, well, it is. I, I can't really talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I will say um, briefly. What's interesting about Resurrection that it does get right is there's this weird sensuality happening between Ripley and the alien, and that obviously that sensuality is found all over Geiger's work, um, mm-hmm. and it just didn't have the same aesthetic qualities. It was just like, again, I'm using the term mud. It was like. She's in this hive of all these creatures and everything, and there's all these creatures around her, but they're all these muddy, unintelligible messes. But they got the sensuality. It was very uncomfortable, Um, but for whatever that's worth. Um, Okay, maybe we can... uh, In terms of, you know, Prometheus obviously was the last film... The last big alien film, and there, you know, there's a lot of fervor behind it, um, a lot of uh, excitement. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, just in, in terms of, you know, your your kind of uh, you've been following Alien, or your love for Alien has kind of spawned you to create this essentially this Alien Bible um, of all the films. Yeah. So, uh, so what was the question about, about Prometheus, the coming? Yeah, like what do you? How do you? How do you see it um, as an addition to the lore? Oh gosh, well it's. A reinvention of what Ridley Scott wanted to do. Um, you know, he wanted to create his sequel for the original Alien. I kept wondering, oh gosh, that'd be interesting. What would that be all about? Mm-hmm. And then by the time he got around to it, um, he couldn't really sort of use the alien life form in the same way that he was thinking about it in the original film. Mm-hmm. Um so I suppose he had to reinvent the whole thing, and I suppose it's it's like the um, a Greek mythology. We've got the Prometheus, but there's this idea of transformations, as in Ovid's Metamorphoses, and you know you have this transformation of the um, 
that the, the engineer at the beginning, or whatever you want to call him, suddenly disintegrating. We have the transformation of Firefield, and we have the transformation of the strange things that comes out of um, Shaw. Um, Shaw. Yeah. And then that thing grows, and then it impregnates the engineer, and out comes a strange. Um, alien-like thing mm -hmm. but you know I could see that as this sort of strange it's sort of like a strange uh, mythological thing really mm -hmm. it, you know if you've read Ovid's Metamorphosis and Greek mythology you just start thinking about that sort of thing perhaps mm -hmm. you know, the way that um, gosh I, I, I can't I can barely barely think about the um, the Greek mythologies but you get all these very strange things, one thing um, being spilled and it turns into another thing. That, um, I think it was the, the Pegasus in Greek mythology came, it sprang out from, is it the blood of the Gorgon? I'm not quite sure. I'm not really sure about that either. Yes, actually. but these sort of very extreme sort of transformations and I can just see how uh, Ridley might have been thinking about that when he made um, Prometheus. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I as you were talking, I was thinking, um, and I've seen in your posts on Alien Explorations, um, several different um, references of uh, from uh, ancient Egypt and the, yeah. the cartouches and the 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 f pictures as words, and there's yeah. a lot of similarity. That. There was a, you know, it's going back to Giga's interest in um, Egyptian mythology when um, they made Alien, and so you know he's been adding. He added all these ideas into uh, his designs, and it looks as if you know I'm the only one who, um, well, worked it out. Yeah, uh, out out of Giga's own circle. You know, the people that I people have known that he'd been um, what he has done, but nobody's made that public. Yeah. Although it's been known that he did incorporate um, Egyptian ideas, but to what extent nobody had a clue. And then suddenly I went to an exhibition of the Egyptian Book of the Dead, and I thought, well, this little character here looks rather like a something out of a Giga picture. And this was a Sokar funerary bark from. Um, one of the books of the dead, and I, you know that. Then I saw how, um, well, you know, this must have been a thing that inspired a space jockey. I thought, God Almighty! And then I was having one revelation after another after that, with all the other different things to think about in terms of Giger's work and the Egyptian mythology. Yeah, Giger, his. Seeing, you know, I, I had never put the, the two together, um, but seeing your reference to that, I was like, wow, this is not just obviously a coincidence. Giger mined this stuff for inspiration. Um, yeah. And it, it it's very, um, and yeah, it, it, it's powerful stuff. Um, I, I, and I, I'm someone who I'm quite philosophical. Um, what draws me to the Alien series um, are, are many, many different things. Uh, a main one would be Ripley as whistleblower. Um, it's a, it's a, uh, 
it's a, a the term whistleblower or the idea of a whistleblower is something that has happened in my own life, and so uh, I I'm drawn to that and her kind of this this whistleblower who is essentially um, jeopardizing uh, the 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 will of a company of a huge 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 conglomerate um, because she. Her instincts tell her something different. She's not driven by money. She's driven by, we will not live if these things do. Um, but, and what draws me to your, your um, what you do is you, you, tend, you go deeper. You go deeper than, oh, hey, look, it's a cool alien. You dig deeper and it kind of opens up a door like, hey, how is this stuff related? And like, for instance, what Geiger does and how it relates to us as people in our own history and Geiger or has really uh, essentially remade things that have always been around in a very different way. Yes. He sort of absorbed all these ideas and it's coming through his creative consciousness. <clears throat> yeah. And it's a, it's a, you know, it, his way he creates ideas. It, it's, um, it's very strange and I suppose it gives clues to what he's doing. You know, I think what he does as an artist, taking all these different things, is very mysterious in itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, realizing what he has um, been playing around with as ideas and transforming to something else, it might give um, ideas for other people who want to pursue that form of art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but you know, it, it, I have an interest in archaeology, and uh, I, I suppose you have to look for everything ar- around that would have been the big things that would uh, be the um, the obvious things to actually start seeing and transforming. You know, there, there was um, one of his paintings. I can see the. Um, the Pakal Votan tomb lid. Mm-hmm. And you know, that would have been a very big thing to talk about because of uh, Eric von Daniken's Chari- Chariots of the Gods book. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's all these sort of thing, familiar things that, uh, oh, he, he's seen that too. Okay, well, yes, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. And what's interesting, uh, especially you talk, you talk talking about Chariots of the Gods, um, I remember when I first saw Prometheus, I saw it at a midnight screening, and I could not stop thinking about that film for days afterwards. And it wasn't because I saw this, it wasn't because I felt like the film was this amazing film. Certainly I have major issues with the film, but something in the film resonated de- so deep inside me, and I couldn't really put it to, to words. Um, and I'm wondering if you had any similar feeling. Well... The most powerful thing from um, Prometheus, I think, was a scene where um, the holographic orrery yes. suddenly pops up. Yeah. And basically, um, every day I, I take a look at that scene. Really? Yeah. I, I start start the film up on my computer and watch it, and it gives me something to watch it every day. <laughs> yeah. And then he suddenly discovers. You know, I, I love the sound of the the planet Earth suddenly fading away. Mm-hmm. I I think that might have been 
the sound might be inspired by something from the um, Tomita's um, Mars Bring of War music. Mm-hmm. And I love the sound of the heartbeat from the giant sleeping. Yes. And it, every day I, I um, watch this and listen to those sounds and um, it affects me in a deep way, that one does. And um, looking at that orrery, it it makes me think of the idea of a holographic universe. Mm-hmm. And then there was some uh, scientific magazine publication that had some um, some picture on the front, very similar to um, the orrery from Prometheus, and it had the question is, is the universe holographic? Yes, I saw that, and I read that, actually. I read part of that article. Very, yeah. very interesting. So it's like this person um, who created that article, or, or rather that picture, he picked up the same thing as I did from seeing that image in Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I suppose I think of this image, this, this flashing orrery, as a kind of a symbol of manifestation. Mm-hmm. So when I look at it and watching it, I think about um, perhaps it might manifest something else in my life in, in relation to the movie. Yes. You know, there was another um, piece done. I think it was just online. I'm not sure if it was an actual uh, printed article. And there are these small silver containers. And the, the title was was earth seeded by other cultures or uh, uh, uh-huh. other life. And they had these small black round, like, and I'm talking they're the size of like a very, very large marble, but they're black. And they are said, we've, they found these things that don't look of this world. And maybe okay. that's how they got there. And I'm like, wow. And they're these black objects. Um, and then again, asking questions, um, could life have on earth have been seeded uh, by someone else um, yeah they find little metal balls yes, whatever, that's yes. probably billions of years old yes yes and that creates a great uh, amount of confusion if that turns out to be completely um proven mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yes yeah, so there are lots of these strange anomalies being discovered and people have no idea what to make of these things mm-hmm. and that, yeah mm-hmm. And there's also the idea of the, of the holographic universe and everything that um, around us is just being created as part of this hologram that is, um, gosh, it's going off in a very funny direction, that, that one. <laughs> That's all right. But everything being timeless and just being created in a single instant, but then that instant is broken up into little moments of time going mm-hmm. stretching um i don't know however far we measure time yes and what i love about prometheus are the questions that it asks prometheus takes the alien lore and it says this isn't just about some creature which i don't even think the first alien in aliens and even alien 3 um it was never about the creature it was always about the struggle of survival it was about 
normal people in a very abnormal situation, but more specifically, uh, a whistleblower, uh, a woman. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But Prometheus said, no, let's take this further. Who are we? Where do we come from? I love those questions. To me, that is good sci-fi. I don't think Prometheus ended up being good sci-fi, but I always tell people Prometheus is a terrible film with a masterpiece of a film inside it. Um, okay. And and that's what keeps me watching it. I mean, I could watch the scenes with the engineers and um, uh, and uh, the engineer waking up and uh, David talking to him. This idea of creation of created talking to God. Um, yeah. There's another curious um, connection I made with the orrery. It's a very abstract one. It's just, there was this book about, um, well, the, the glue of it, and, and, and well, it, it, the picture when I looked at it on the front of Cinefix, it just made me think of this um, storybook about uh, a Christmas tree that um, had, be, had to be discovered, and then it was Gosh, a fragmented memory of it. Um, but it, it was basically uh, to be taken and, and put up as a Christmas tree in um, a skating rink okay. in America. And this is play- I took, looked at this, and then suddenly it, 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 this was the skating rink where the statue of Prometheus. Yes, that's uh, Times Square. Yes, yeah, so a Times Square. So this is about a Christmas tree that they had to find that was good enough to put in Times Square. Or it might have been Rockefeller Plaza, actually. I think mm-hmm. that's where the uh, Prometheus... Uh... Okay. Well, Rockefeller, then. Yeah. yeah. I have yeah. no idea where it was. And then suddenly, okay, well, it, 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 it's, it's, it, you know, it's Prometheus' connection popping up in a, in a different way. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, um, does... Are you interested in? Uh, is the science fiction in general also interest you? Are you a big sci-fi? Yes, yes, I am. It's um, it is a very, it, it, it is a very abstract thing to actually say, talk about sci-fi in general. I think, um, but now I like things like Event Horizon, mm-hmm. even though I can see all the faults in it. Um, I like to some degree Terminator mm-hmm. but not as much as I liked Alien mm-hmm. I like Star Trek movies well the old ones yeah um, I, I'm i trying to think about the various things that have been on but it hasn't been that much good sci-fi recently um, yeah there hasn't oh well I, I would actually uh, might disagree with you there I don't know if you have seen Ex Machina it's a, a great science fiction film. It's new. It's I don't know if it's. Out. Oh yes, I, I've seen that one. Um, I I, I like a lot of the imagery in that, but it it, it I suppose I, it just didn't grab me. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Uh, it's a fascinating film. I'd even watch it again. Um, mm-hmm. Something about it didn't. I don't know what the film was about. To be honest, I didn't know what okay. it was about after I'd seen it. I mean, I, anyways, that's another discussion. But um, there's another film called Predestination. Um, it's with Ethan Hawke. I would strongly recommend that you see it. It's yes, very... I've got that on DVD, and I haven't watched it yet. Maybe I'll get around to seeing it in good time. Yeah, I'm a great fan of Blade Runner. That's oh one. yes, oh yes, fantastic. Um, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, at the time it came out, I really hated the idea of any film set in the world where 
the planet was falling apart. So I didn't watch it when it came out first of all in the cinema. Yeah. It was but almost then the, later, yeah, later on I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost the first dystopian future science fiction on Earth, or one of the first. I mean, there's been, you know, there had been others before, but really something, Blade Runner really set the tone for dystopia and um, man's kind of final uh, destruction of the Earth, and most people have gone by, at that point. Um, mm -hmm. It was very interesting. What did you think of Interstellar? Have you seen it? Interstellar. Well, I saw that film, but it's not not something that really inspires me to have any discussions really? about it with anybody. If I do talk about it with anybody locally, they just look blank faced at me. <laughs> yeah, that was a film that changed me, um, and it I it's, in my for me, it's one of the best science fiction films I've seen. Um, in the past 20 years, um, hands down. But that's just for me. Of course, everybody's different. I was just curious if it resonated with you, just because it deals with kind of the origin of man and who are we and the future and the past and what everything means. And uh, it's very, very interesting. But um, I liked um, I liked the, the comic book Heavy Metal that, used to, that, that is still out, and also um, is it Metal Year Long that... Um, the French version, yes, and that had the comic book stories by uh, Mebius, the artist. And yes, his work inspires me almost as much as Giga. You know, there's a kind of similarity yes. going on between the way that they would put, put the images down um, on paper in some 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 degree. Yeah. And so a lot of my interest, sort of, I suppose, just comes from the era when, when they were kind of drawing and painting. And I like the first Star Trek movie that came out. That really mystified me, where they uh, went into the depths of this strange, gigantic, um, I don't know what it was, kind of a spaceship robot. Yeah, Vija. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just turned out that there was this, straight, this old probe um, made by humans that has been encapsulated in this gigantic alien structure um, and that was very mystifying just thinking maybe that the probes that we've put out today might come back as super intelligent um, machines yeah yeah once they get to a destination somewhere and extraterrestrials or whatever decided, oh, we'll upgrade this thing and start building vast structures around it and go back to Earth and uh, terrorize us. It was a fascinating idea. I really do enjoy the first Star Trek film. It's, mm -hmm. it is very, it's a very mystifying film. It's very, it feels like real sci-fi. Um, yeah. Star Trek can be corny. I mean, I, I watch Star Trek, the old ones. Um, actually, I love the new movies too, but um, the old ones, there were, uh, when, the good ones, had real sense of aura around them. And um, have you seen a film called Pandorum? Yes, I have, and it was inspired by a French film that I can't remember the name of it, but that really, the, the original French film inspired me even more. Interesting. Okay, I have to check that out. Um, oh gosh, I wish I could remember what it's called now. This French film. <laughs> But, you know, you, you get a few films like that where they, nobody knows about the original film and then um, they sort of, um, I don't, they, they, they 
turn it inside out and make something everybody knows about in Europe without crediting the uh, the original. Yeah. And also, uh, I, I, I like the way that oh, the film Sunshine. Yes, very uh, interesting film. It was a very interesting one, but I like the way that they took... Um, oh, gosh, now what's that film? Uh, 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 it was a, a film about a submarine. Um, and is it... The sky caught fire. I can't remember what it was, but they just kind of took this old um, sci-fi movie from the nineteen sixties and then turned into the space story. Mm-hmm. That um, sunshine. God, was, was it Poseidon Adventure? The Voyage of the Bottom. Oh yes, yes. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. One of those movies. Is that see. submarine. And uh, nobody talked about it, but then suddenly you realize, okay, we're just seen, seeing what they're doing, and they haven't um, given, uh, they haven't mentioned anything about the original film that they've just sort of uh, twiddled around with and turned into a space movie. <laughs> yes. Um, now, you mentioned, to kind of go back to Alien, you mentioned uh, the scene from Prometheus that you've watched almost every day, the ordinary yeah. scene. Is there a scene from Alien that strikes your fancy in a similar way? I suppose it's um, gosh, I I think I I have seen that too many times over the years, but um, I don't watch that every day. Okay. It, 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 this scene in Prometheus is fresh. Yes. But uh, probably the most interesting I I, I love the, the moment where they see the space jockey in its seat and alien. Yes. Yes. So I probably um, see that as many times as. Well, I, I, I like to have a look at the picture of that. That gigantic, big sculpture is just amazing. Yes. It was amazing. And what's great about Alien, I feel like, which Aliens is actually absent of, is the mystery and the wonder of exploration, which Prometheus taps right into. Aliens does not. Alien 3 does not. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that sound, when they get into... An alien when they get into the space jockey area, and you hear that resounding to chunk to chunk to chunk to chunk, and almost like something hit something, and it's reverberating in the walls. And they're like, Oh my god, like it f- almost feels like a legitimate archaeological dig. Um, mm-hmm. it's so real, it's it's um photographed in such a believable and acted in such a believable way, it feels like real history that they've discovered. Um, it's it. I I agree with you. I, I, it's just a fascinating scene. Mm-hmm. What about uh, aliens? Is there anything that jumps out of you from aliens? Um, I suppose basically that the the, the the ultimate scene would be when um, Ripley suddenly sees the alien queen in its uh, nest and it's suspended in the the air. Mm-hmm. And you know that that is a fabulous scene when this thing is just sitting there with its head uh, face pointing down, and suddenly it it shows off its face um, hidden within the the head. Yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. scene. Um, what about Alien Three? Anything that sticks up for you there? I just like to pick I, your brain. I think um, well, I I like the scene where you know the the um, the Bishop Three. So Bishop Two, I like Bishop Two. I, I I occasionally want to have a look at that just to absorb more of the confusion. Yeah, whether he's a, a droid or not, 
and that's yeah. that's never really explained. Of course, he's he's hit by uh, Aaron hits him, and he's got blood. His ear looks bloody, almost like it's falling off. But that still doesn't mean that he's not um, a, a droid. I mean, he could. Yeah, but he, uh, you know, it could be a cyborg even. But then I keep thinking about. Um, we get to this point where he's been um, hit in the back of the head, and um, in one version of the script, uh, he dies because of that. Um, the fact he's been hit on the head. In another version, he lives. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking about. Um, oh, it. There might have been a, a version where they did actually film him dying, mm-hmm. and. It doesn't really matter what people think about um, how hard he's been hit. You know, in, in one version, he, he that same um, the fact the same way he's been hit would lead to death in one one version and not being killed at all in another version. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody can really make any kind of um, last word about it. I see. But I think I, I think also it might connect with the film Element of Crime by Lars von Trier. This film. I'm not familiar with that. I know Lars von Trier. Oh, it's a it's a, a surrealist movie by Lars von Trier that was inspired by the work of Tarkovsky. Okay. And in this film, there is a scene where. Um, the hero of the, well, the the main character of the movie, um, he reaches down into a hole and finds an animal there, and that's the end of the film. So think about what, what the scene in Alien where one of the prisoners reaches down into the hole and finds the um, the alien, um, well, the alien there, and then he the thing spits him and he dies. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, there's various little elements in it that are vaguely similar. There's all these bald people, this uh, a bald millennium cult. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, very abstract to even think about it, but, but it, there are various similarities between it. There are there's these cranes by the side of a lake in Element of Crime. It's, and Lars von Trier, when he looked at Alien 3, he thought, well, they, they, they've just taken ideas from my ele- film Element of Crime. Hmm. But very little has been talked about the comparisons between them. And Element of Crime is probably inspired by Apocalypse Now. And when David Fincher first talked about, uh, first um, told the um, the studios what he wanted to do when he made Alien 3, um, he talked about it being his own version of Apocalypse Now. I could totally see that. I mean, I can see elements of that for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that almost, I mean, Alien 3 is essentially the heart of darkness. It's, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, it's difficult to say that they actually did borrow parts of uh, element, element of Crime, but um, Element of Crime is also partially inspired by Blade Runner in terms of the photography. Mm-hmm. And so to... it just so happens that Aliens 3 has the 
cinematographer for, uh, for Blade Runner. Well, well first, um, that per- cinematographer started the film. Um, well, he, he, st- he worked in the film, but then he had to stop because of illness. Yes. And taken over by somebody else who did it in uh, Corinna West style. Isn't that interesting um, how the cinematographer for Blade Runner starts working on Alien 3, the guy who d- who who edited Alien 3 also edited Alien. I mean, I'm sure that was intentional. I'm sure I know that geek uh that Fincher was going for kind of back to the roots of the Alien series. And I think in terms of aesthetic and atmosphere, he really conjured that uh, in in a, a very specific way. Not I mean, the sets were great and everything, but it was no Nostromo. Um, but, uh, talking about Alien 3, uh, I'm just going to mention this as a, maybe, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I've seen a lot of the, the production art, um, for the abandoned Alien 3, um, film that was going to be directed by, was it, uh, oh, the guy from Australia. Vincent Ward. Vincent Ward. And I've seen the construct, the, the images of the, the wooden planet and a lot of the, the drawings for that. And you know what? They remind me of you. They remind me of your style. Um, okay. And I don't know if you've ever picked that up, but there's just... A oh, lot yes, of... uh, Steve Worrell, or yeah. something Worrell. I don't remember his first name, but Worrell was his surname, and a New Zealander or something. Uh, a surrealist of that country. Mm-hmm. And I find his work very inspiring indeed. Yes, yes. And I, I, I as I've seen... Because um, I've, you know, many alien books and making of books and that kind of thing. And I was like, wow, this reminds me of Dominic's work. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I'm i going to ask you about that a little bit. Um, because I know you've kind of made, uh, in terms of, I hate the t- word hobby. It just sounds so nonchalant. Because for me, like, this podcast isn't just a hobby. This podcast is a passion. I'm passionate about the Alien series. That's why I'm talking about it. Um, and as, as are you, which is why you write about it. Yeah. But, but your drawings. Your drawings are fascinating. Um, oh, thank you. you. And you really take some of Geiger's ideas and you push them further. And w- I'm curious where that comes from. What 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 uh, inside you makes you do that? Okay, well, I suppose there's a realization when Geiger's work inspired me that it's almost infected my creativity. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I'm trying to exercise the creativity out. It, it, the Giger inspiration out of me I see but then it's like if I'm going to start drawing these Giga-esque drawings I've got to do something even better I can't say anything I've done um, inspired by him it has been better in his work but imagine doing as best as I can but you know pretends that some person in the film business wants me to do a creature based on Giga for the next Alien movie. So that's a kind of hobby of pretending I'm um, being a concept artist for the next Alien film. Gotcha, okay. And um, standing back at the end of the day, realizing, no, well, I'm not actually going to get anywhere in in the (laughs) film industry that way, but I can still play at the whole concept and still come up with some very strange ideas. And... Yes, it, it could drive you mad doing that, but um, I, I, I explored a lot that I felt has been very important and come up with some concepts that 
they're probably very inspiring. Yeah. And what I love about your stuff is, and I think as, again, here I'm kind of waxing philosophical for a minute, but um, the more we study ourselves, and I'm not talking about navel-gazing, the more we really study ourselves as a culture, as a people, the more we all understand about ourselves. And there's something about the alien, certainly alien and Prometheus, that we're, it's a study of who we are and where we come from. And uh, I, I see, when I see your drawings and I see your comparisons to um, ancient Egypt and e- Egyptian, ancient Egyptian culture, um, I feel like it, I, I understand more. Like, there, it, things make more sense. Like, um, oh. these ideas aren't, aren't new. Um, yeah, they're just being they're just being studied more, and they're being represented in film. I think we're always we're, film is almost for me. Uh, film is is a way that humans are mythologizing ourselves. Um, films yeah. will be our mythology um, when we are gone. They'll be like they'll look back and they'll say, "Well, look at these films that they made. These were their ideas for the future, or these were their ideas about war." Um, and I feel like with what you do, um, it it uh, it plays right into that yes and you know there i am highlighting that hr giger was very inspired by ancient egyptian art and through his whole um, most of his career as an artist he explored the the shapes from egyptian art in his work Mm -hmm. and other ancient cultures too yes Mm-hmm. Let me. Uh, I don't want to keep you up too late. I know we're almost oh. about an hour. I, I'm interested in what do you think about this new movie uh, being directed by Blum, Neil Blomkamp in terms of bringing. Oh, back... well, I'm excited about it. Also, I realize that the kind of movies he makes they are um, most likely to be inspired by comic books rather than literature. Mm-hmm. He he he. he he has made films in that way before, and I've enjoyed them enough. And maybe there might be something different about the story for his alien film if he's intermixing it with ideas that Sigourney Weaver has talked to him about. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably interested in that, this sort of collaboration that were between her ideas and his ideas. Yeah. And what, what he's made out of them in his own uh, attempt at story. How did you respond to the art... Uh, the conceptual art showing Sigourney Weaver in kind of a very alien-like um, suit. Well, I suppose it's just something for people to look at and be confused by. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if he really intended for it to be in the movie. There is um, this strange leech-like face hugger yes. that we saw as concept art, but then we can look at the artist's blog and discover this was something he created as fan art when the Prometheus um, trailer first came out. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, well, you know, who knows how long this, um, this Ripley in an alien outfit that is supposed to be a space jockey suit um, has been around. It, it looks silly, but it looks rather interesting to dis- have a brief discussion about and um, it, it just probably confused lots of people yeah it certainly confused me as well mm-hmm. um, I, I, I you know I can't wait I, I again as I've said before I the alien series for me is really has really turned into something that's about Ripley and her journey and so that the fact that they're gonna get back to that and they're gonna kind of 
even though I do love Alien 3, I don't love the effects of Alien 3. I don't like the monster in Alien 3. It never really, from from each cut, it never really matched. Um, they would go from a rod yeah. puppet to the man in the suit. Then they'd go to something digital. Then they'd go back to the rod puppet. Then they'd look down a hole, and it was a man in a suit, and it looked three times the size. And I'm just like, come on, man. You guys are you guys are using, you have millions of dollars at, 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 at your feet, and you can't get these effects right? Um, yes, I kept wondering how does a man in a suit alien transform into the rod puppet alien, and I could never <laughs> work that one out. Yeah, I couldn't either. And you know that was one of my major issues from the film. But I will watch Alien again, Alien Three again and again because I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of back to your blog. What uh, as you continue it? I mean, do you discover new things every day? At the moment, I'm um, trying to understand the inspiration for Giga's Necronom series i have got through or this painting series i've got through about three or four of them and worked out the origins but um the other half um that's what's perplexing me at the moment maybe there isn't um, too much to understand about the others but um i suppose i'm going to be exploring um I'm taking a look at the articles for Alien Resurrection and just going through uh, putting that on the internet, all I can find, and adding it all up. And I've been going through um, Giga's diaries, Alien diaries, to try to create a timeline for the production of Alien. Okay. So um, I just put a, a, a basic information about that on my inter- on, on my blog and I'm just using that as to start working out when various things happened and make it easy for people to look at the timeline click on to the various other things on the website relating to the date that the things happened awesome it's um, a very complicated thing but it, it, it'll evolve over time yeah I mean when I've clicked on your website and on um, or the blog site, it, you know, you have everything organized and categorized very easily. So you're clicking on Alien 3, and then you go into certain sub subs, uh, sections which deal yes. with this certain thing. So it's very easy, <laughs> easy for me, at least, to navigate. Yes, one thing I've noticed that, um, well, when I first did this thing, the Alien, sorry, the, the um, dissecting the derelict um, article that it was just too long to look at on the internet. Mm-hmm. That you know, after a while, you need a, a way of navigating through that single essay, mm-hmm. and you know, you need to see which um, which paragraph you're on because you might forget. Yes. <laughs> so you a, B, C, D, E, and then that helps me. And then I just realized that I have to break everything down to the smallest uh, manageable um, nugget of information um, as po- possible and link everything up. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, yes, it's almost deranging, but it, it, it's um, turned something very brilliant for me to navigate through over the years. Yeah, and as someone who is, you know, I went to film school, I've made a film. Um, uh, I you know made a film and had it released, um, oh. of course very independent. But um, I love behind the scenes stuff. I love I love knowing how they did things, inspiration for things, and yeah. your your the work that you've done um, really is like a smorgasbord for or a, a, 
uh, almost like a, a banquet for alien, the alien lore, where you can go in and, I mean, there's more with what you do than any books that I've seen. Um, okay. And I, I really, really appreciate it. My, my last question, because um, we're about at an hour, um, okay. would be how has, what is feedback? Have you gotten feedback from your work over the years, maybe even from people who have been a part of the alien films? What has that been um, like? Well, um, I suppose it, it's very nice I'm doing this blog, but really um, there, there, there hasn't been that much feedback, really. I suppose you know, there, there are a couple of people, you know, like John Sorensen has been very, said some very nice things about it. Um, Dennis Lowe, um, who worked on Alien, said some nice things about it. Oh, that's great. And, um, and oh, also Charles Lippincott, um, he says some wonderful things about my blog. Oh, that's great. And, but there's really too much for them to even read through it all. You know, I, I, I accept that people can only look at fragments and perhaps be pleased by what um, they want to see in it. And... Yeah, oh gosh, I'm getting rather perplexed by this whole thing. But you know, the, the small amount that they can actually appreciate, that hopefully um, they can appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, believe me, I I really appreciate it. I've appreciated the work that you've done. Um, I know mm -hmm. that. Uh, I you know, I mean, I, I have a lot of friends in terms of the online community, the online alien community, who talk about your blog. So it's it's been awesome. Um, so. I just, I mean, I'm sure you'll do it regardless of who says what, but yes. um, it's, it's, yes, it, it's great. Yes, it, you know, you probably, um, but it's just, it is rather strange, it's a sort of black hole, really, this sort of alien blog. So people might look at it and say wonderful things about it, but really getting people to be able to interact with information and add things to it, uh, you'll find the comments in the actual blog, so it's very actually very little actually happening mm -hmm. and also my Facebook page you know, a lot of people give me their thumbs up but um, I, I suppose they, they might almost fear the things that are coming up <laughs> and be totally perplexed and confused and maybe uh, even I am as I'm speaking right now it's just well, I, it's interesting um, in terms of feedback um, online. I remember the online community. I mean, I've been on the internet since you know '95, um, since the internet really took off, and a long for a long, long time there was lots of discussion and lots of whatever. But now we're moving into this period where people might like a page or they might like the info, but they don't react to it like they used to. Um, yeah, and I don't, well, but, mm -hmm. and I don't know. They if, probably never reacted to this. Um, my my blogs that much anyway. Well, I, I would disagree with that, but uh, no. I think we're just you know in, in an age where there is so much information everywhere. Um, people might just kind of people are they you know they write on their own Facebook page or whatever they're doing, and by the time you know they get around to seeing something that they're interested in, like a movie or stuff that you do, they're just like, oh yeah, I really like it, but I don't have time to talk about it because I'm talking about something else. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just remember when the internet community was. Had much more fervor and discussion, and it seems like it's moving away from that a little bit. Um, and people are just more observing and they're liking things, but that's about it. But at any rate, uh, I, I think what you do is brilliant and it's it's treasure. Um, okay, and I really, really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you coming and willing to be interviewed. Um, this has been awesome. 
So thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Love to talk to you.